0: Today on CityCast Denver. Two years ago, Denver was in turmoil over the murder of George Floyd. Thousands of people took to the streets to call for defunding the police and broader criminal justice reform. Yet here we are two years later, the police budget has been expanded. And earlier this week, city council voted overwhelmingly to extend their contract with ShotSpotter. This controversial and expensive gunshot detection technology will now be in place for another five years and cost the city $4.7 million. Madam Secretary, please close the voting and announce the results.
1: One nay, 10 ayes.
0: 10 ayes. Council Resolution 21-1514 has been adopted. There being no further business before this body, this meeting is adjourned. Councilwoman Candy Sadebako was the lone no vote on that contract extension Monday night. And she's on the show today to break down the vote and talk about the sorry state of criminal justice reform in Denver. Today is Thursday, January 6th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies and this is CityCast Denver.
1: Awesome. 21. We are. Oh, shit. Let me turn off Alexa. Again. Alexa, <laughs> stop. Cool. All right. <laughs> Just can't imagine the embarrassing like reminder that she would like come up with in the middle of a call. <laughs> <laughs> Councilwoman Candy Saydabaka, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So on Monday night, City Council overwhelmingly voted to extend Denver's contract with ShotSpotter, a controversial gunshot detection service that we first talked about on the show after this big AP investigation last year. And I was just wondering, could you remind listeners what ShotSpotter is that we we just agreed to for five years? So it's...
1: Uh a
0: surveillance technology that is,
1: it promises to detect gunshots. They say that they don't record anything else, or that if they do, they record over it, um, if it's not the gunshot. But it is a well-known surveillance technology that, in my opinion, creates more work for cops, but doesn't actually help us prevent, disrupt, or solve crime.
0: And you were the lone no vote on this contract. Can you talk about more kind of about why you opposed the extension of the ShotSpotter contract? Well,
1: there are several cities who are divesting from this technology because they recognize um, that this technology doesn't necessarily help us do any of those things I mentioned before, disrupt, prevent, or even solve crime. And so It's a $4.7 million investment that, in my opinion, uh, justifies more policing because what it does require is that an officer goes out to respond to every sound detected. I posted a graphic on Twitter the other day that showed uh, how many alerts were received over the years. We've had this technology for a few years now. And... How many arrests happened within those alerts? And that graphic really shows how much more work we're creating for cops that isn't actually leading us to the outcomes that we want in ending violence.
0: And when you explain it that way, it makes so much sense to me as this sort of technique of over policing because I think about my neighborhood, um, Barnum, where. There's a lot of fireworks and car exhaust going off and other things that might be setting that off um, versus, say, I don't know, DU or, or another neighborhood that maybe doesn't see the same kind of activity. But I just I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, oh, it's just more reason for police to be in my neighborhood.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things is that it's well known that it's disproportionately deployed in districts. That are a majority of people of color. And what I was frustrated by during the hearing was Chief Thomas saying that our, our selection of this technology was data driven, was based on its success, and the possible expansion of this technology was because it works so well.
0: Um, currently, ShotSpotter covers 14 square miles throughout five different arrays across the city of Denver. Uh, And under this uh, new agreement, there is an opportunity for um, a cost-free expansion of about uh, two square miles. And that expansion, as with all of our other arrays, would be done through uh, a data-driven analysis.
1: But then in another breath said that the crime has increased so much or gun violence has increased so much in the areas where it's currently at that we need more. And so those two statements are contradictory to me, because if it worked, then we'd be moving the technology elsewhere because we've reduced crime or gun-related crime in that particular area. But instead, what he's saying is, yeah, it works. We need more of them in the same areas.
0: (laughs) And that's how we sort of end up with this justification for continuing to place things like ShotSpotter in communities in Denver that are kind of already over policed. Exactly,
1: exactly. And we're suggesting that crime and gun related violence doesn't
0: happen anywhere else when that is a fallacy. And from what I read, it seems like most of the folks who had showed up for public comment um, on Monday in the city council meeting Opposed the contract extension as well. Do you feel like that reflects what you've heard from constituents?
1: Yes, it's really right on with what I've heard, you know, here locally, but just more broadly throughout the last couple of years in response to the protests that happened. um, You know, we were able to pull together a community task force to reimagine public safety in the city of Denver. Yeah, that was in response to, you know, not only the police brutality that happened that summer, but really the lack of response from the city. And throughout that year long process of reimagining public safety, one of the biggest things that I heard over and over from various different stakeholders was that they wanted to see us reduce the amount of surveillance that was happening with and without our knowledge in the name of safety. And that's not what's happening. No, not at all. We're beefing it up in so many different ways. And it's really just unfortunate that my colleagues on council have made these promises to our constituents that, yes, we're going to respond to you. We're going to listen to you. We're going to make policy based on what you're asking but they have yet to do so. Um, The community task force put forward over 112 recommendations and this was amongst them. And council has yet to do anything to meaningfully take on any of those recommendations.
0: And that's frustrating to me when I think about when we ask folks for public input, when we ask folks to take their time to be a part of something like a task force, do this work, say, these are the things that the community is bringing to you as what we want. And then we see direct opposite sort of behavior in how we are now dealing with policing. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's just um, they completely ignore everything that has happened or that has been said. And that was evident on Monday night.
0: Were you surprised that none of your colleagues had joined you in the opposition to ShotSpotter? You know, surprised is not the right word. Mm.
1: I'm never surprised by my colleagues and their failure to deliver for the people. It's it's kind of what I expect every Monday night going into it. And I would say also, I felt a little bit of the betrayal that constituents might have felt because I sat right next to them when they were promising to do something about defunding the police and addressing racism and and both of those things are really at the core of renewing this contract and they could not see that so betrayed and disappointed
0: this episode is brought to you by the colorado wine board There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Do you see any possible role for something like ShotSpotter in our policing, like if it was deployed in every neighborhood, would it make a difference? Or do you think that it's still sort of doing the same thing that we're seeing being a problem, which is certain communities get policed, other communities get supportive police?
1: My frustration is that it's not necessarily um, a bad technology. I just don't think that we've really monitored how effective. It is in achieving the goals that we purchase it for. So if sound detection, loud sound detection is the only goal that we have, then yes, it should be in every neighborhood. Um, If we are curious about what comes first, a 911 call or a sound alert, then we should have been comparing those two data points. And we haven't in the whole time that we've had this. And some people including council colleagues, don't believe that that's even necessary data to be collecting. And so for me, it's an issue of evaluating the tool for what we wanted it to do. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a tool we should have in our toolbox, but the way that we're using the tool is inequitable. The purpose for the tool is not being met. And so that is why I don't think we should be making the investment in the tool at this point.
0: Because speaking of that data, um, Denver Police Department Division Chief Ron Thomas, who you brought up, said that 85% of alerts of possible gunfire that ShotSpotter reported between 2018 and 2021 did not correlate with any 911 calls, which he says would have alerted the police to gunfire and potential criminal activities. So it's like... It seems like they think the data works, and in the same breath, he said that they don't assess if nine
1: one one calls came before the shot shot spotter alerts. Oh. So, what was also clear on Monday night was that a lot of things were being made up on the spot. Mm. There were a lot of contradictions in numbers that were used and um, data points that were being assessed or collected. There was a lot being made up on the spot. And I think that um, one reporter kind of captured that. Um, Elena Alvarez with Axios had reported on this before the vote. And I think that she asked prior to the vote whether or not last week's um, shooting spree was captured on ShotSpotter. And they refused to give her any information on that. I asked the question on Monday night. Did Shotspotter identify any activity in last week's shooting?
0: Yes. So the uh, I believe the uh, the incident at 12th and Williams was picked up by Shotspotter.
1: She followed up afterward and they they basically said that was a mistake, no it wasn't.
0: <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about those two things sort of in parallel this idea of shot spotter being used and then we have this horrific mass shooting that went on for more than an hour across multiple metro areas and we we couldn't use it in real time yeah so the ShotSpotter spotter contract is renewed for 4.7 million dollars we've seen the police get their budget increased um over the last two years And this is coming out of these public, very public conversations about defunding the police. Do you think that there's still an appetite for that um, within leadership in Denver? Not within leadership. Um, I don't think there was
1: legitimately ever a real appetite amongst leadership in Denver. I think that the people want it. And I think it's becoming more and more clear that 40% of our budget should not be spent on these things. And the the shadiest part about Monday was that they pulled extra money for this contract from the general fund instead of from the police budget. So it's a way to expand the police budget without actually showing that.
0: Which is something I think taxpayers, people who live in the city would want to know, right? Where's our money being spent?
1: Yes. And I think that Hopefully, if people are paying attention, the disappointment and betrayal um, that the people feel from our leadership right now will be reflected in upcoming elections. 2023 will be a very big year.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm like looking forward to it and dreading it at the same time. I know. Same. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we don't know who's going to run. <laughs> same. Same. Well, Councilwoman Candy Say the Maca, Thank you so much for joining me in explaining this. Of course, thank you guys for having me. I look forward to talking about more stuff in the future, so invite me back whenever. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. President Biden will be in Colorado on Friday to tour the damage from the Marshall fires. According to Channel 7, the president, Representative Joe Neguse, and Governor Polis will survey the area and discuss possible federal aid. To follow up on a story we brought you a few weeks ago, it looks like the Denver Department of Excise and Licenses has revoked Beta's liquor license. According to Westward, it was DPD's investigation into nightclub owner Valentes Corleones that caused Beta's liquor license to be taken away. Apparently, Corleones intimidated police by claiming he was in the mafia, something the department took as a threat and said interfered with their investigation. And finally, today, with school back in session after the winter break, we want to hear from teachers. What are your concerns heading into this term? How are you feeling? What is frustrating you right now? Email us at denver at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail with your contact information at 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. I might do that again. I was like a little out of breath.